You're listening to You Have What It Takes, a podcast with Jill Ng. In today's episode, we're going to talk about lie number two, I have to provide for myself. We're going to talk about how this lie complicates the way that we interact with our kids and makes life a little tricky sometimes. We're also going to talk about behaviors that stem from this lie, what the kids need, and some truths and resources about how to combat this lie with our kids. So let's jump in. One day my son came home from school. His teacher had written on his behavior sheet that he was eating chocolate from beneath the bleachers at school. This was right after Halloween and my son had eaten a few pieces of candy over the several days and he was just feeling like it was not fair that he couldn't constantly be eating the candy he was complaining and finally for dinner after he had gone to great lengths of going under the bleachers at his school which is so gross eating chocolate off the floor i decided to allow him to have candy for dinner as he requested So I served up a great meal for everyone else. And for him, I just put his bag of Halloween candy on the table. I also put marshmallows and I made him chocolate milk and I did a whole thing. I was trying to make a point that this wouldn't be very good for dinner, but I thought he would just say, never mind. I want to have what we're having for dinner. But this son of mine is very stubborn. And so he decided to eat not only a lot of the candy, probably like 30 or 40 pieces of candy within like five minutes, but also like downed the entire chocolate milk. Then he asked me if he could have some water and I could tell he was looking a little green. So I said, absolutely. I'll give you a glass of water, but you need to drink it in the bathroom or outside. It was kind of cold. So I said, I'd prefer you to do it in the bathroom, but if you want to do it outside, that's fine. I just don't want you to throw up everywhere and have to clean it up. I want to be in the bathroom so that you're prepared. He didn't love the idea, but did it anyway and went in the bathroom, drank one sip of the water and just, yep, it was all, it all came right back. The reason I tell you this story is because my son is constantly at war with me about providing for him. He believes he needs to provide for himself. He believes the lie that he needs to be his own provider. I'm not sure how long. I'm not sure how many years, how many nights he didn't have what he needed. But I do know that my son didn't always have the things that he needed. Today we're going to be talking about physical things that kids need. Food, water, clothing, structure, shelter, calm environment, safety, and enough. Because these kids did not always have the basic needs that they required, they have adult-sized worries. They worry about money and bills. They worry about responsibility to provide not only for themselves, but often for their siblings. They often go to fight. We talked about trigger responses, and when these kids are triggered in this specific area, they typically fight for what they need. They push and are aggressive to get what they want. They are impulsive. They fight for the things that they need. They also worry about safety, not only of themselves, but also of others that they feel responsibility for. 
So like I said, they have these adult-sized worries. So what are the behaviors that stem from this lie? We have stealing. So taking the things that they feel like they need. Lying about that. We touched on this last week, how they believe something bad will happen. In the same way they believe something bad will happen, they believe that the something bad that will happen is they won't have what they need. And if they don't take it, that they will not get it, which is a lie in our home. So they take it and then they lie about it because they feel like you did not provide this for me freely. So I must take it and deceive you into believing that I never did it. The other behaviors we'll see is reactive anger, which is like rooted in a fear that you don't want to provide the things that they need. This can get forceful, but really it's because they have this deep need to control their environment to make sure that they'll always have what they need. So this also might be impulsive, would be hoarding, taking way too much of something because they want to make sure they have it. Sometimes this is misdiagnosed for ADHD. Sometimes the children have ADHD and these problems. Also because of the reactive behavior, sometimes children that struggle with this lie of needing to provide for themselves also are diagnosed with bipolar. We talked about it last week, but I'm not a a therapist. I cannot tell you what these kids actually are medically struggling with, but I can tell you the lie that they're believing and interventions that we've tried that have really helped us not only understand the lie that they're believing, but also show them how we're going to provide for them. What do kids like this who struggle with feeling like they need to provide for themselves need? Food was a huge trigger in our house because early in their lives, we know that they were neglected. We're not exactly sure what that looks like. Food was always an issue for them. So we had predictable food options. There was always food that we tried to have available at all times. Veggies, fruit, cheese sticks, etc. But an endless veggies and, and fruit. These kids need the people that they are working on attaching to to provide as many of the needs as possible. They need to know that we want them to be full. Putting a time limit and saying, you can have as many vegetables as you want. If you want seconds on pizza, you're going to need to wait 20 minutes and then you can have another piece of pizza. But here are some carrots and some cucumbers that you can eat while you wait. Offering them food while they wait, that is an option for them, allows them to see that you do want them to be full. You do want them to have enough food, but it does take away that control piece of them feeling like they should be able to eat whatever they want and have whatever they want, which is related to another lie that they're gonna that we'll talk about in the next couple weeks. We always have extra backup food. When we go to a party, we always bring tons of veggies and fruit options so that if our kids ate through what was there, that they would always have veggies to eat at the party and then also stuff to eat on the way home. Because we know not everybody has tons of extra food and has pantries full of extra things because their kids don't necessarily struggle with this. We would also be very careful not to worry about food so that our kids would not panic. We had a lot of food security and tried to provide our kids with that same 
sense that they will have what they need and we have leftovers or we have food in the freezer, we have food in the pantry. A way that we knew our kids were really struggling with this was because if they were to take some Oreos, they would eat the entire package of Oreos. It's normal for a kid to sneak a couple Oreos. It's not normal for a kid to eat two packs of Oreos in one sitting. The difference in that behavior shows that there's a fear there versus just a desire to eat something. We also were very sure to not give consequences with food or eating food that they were not supposed to have. If the kid ate an entire tub of ice cream, instead of saying, now you can't have ice cream, we say, oh, bummer, now we can't have ice cream after dinner, but we can have applesauce instead. That allowed them to see that there was a loss and that it did cost us something. There's a natural consequence there, but it wasn't a consequence for them. It was just a situation. I'm not going to go out and buy more ice cream because one of my kids ate it. I'm just going to say, now we don't have ice cream, but we do have applesauce. We do have another food option. We also constantly offer snacks and water to our kids when they didn't seem hungry to make sure that they knew we wanted them to eat. If I were getting a snack, I would offer them one, even if it wasn't the same thing. A lot of times I would encourage them to drink water before they get a snack and to drink a couple sips between bites because one of my other sons will not ever say he's full. He says he's hungry after he goes to a buffet and can eat everything he wants. His version of hungry is more about his mouth and not his stomach. And so we took a lot of time teaching him how to notice that his stomach was full but we tried to provide enough food that he never would worry that we would run out. We wanted his fear to be addressed without catering to his every desire. Not all these fears are going to be about food, but some of those suggestions are going to help you navigate how to love the kids through those situations, if it is related to food. But I mentioned a lot of other ones. Safety, water, shelter, calm environment. A lot of these are kind of abstract, but kids do really desire predictability. They desire plans, kind of like what we talked about last week. They also desire coaching about the different things that they need. When they are triggered by something, especially one of these lies, they're going to need people to coach them that are not the parents that they're trying to attach to. Aunt or uncle coming over, that would be a great person to talk about the food intake somebody who is a therapist. It might be a great opportunity to talk about healthy food options or balance because as the parent, talking about food, mentioning that your child is eating too much would probably not go over very well. So instead of us saying, you're eating way too much, we say, wow, he has a big appetite and he loves all kinds of food to describe them in a positive way and not in a negative way. Making observational statements and asking them questions about how they're doing and having them check in and notice that they're feeling full, that they're feeling satisfied, or that they have the things that they need, like a shelter. Wow, we have a really safe house. I'm so glad that we have somewhere to live that's so safe and so warm. Allows our kids to understand that that's going to stay and that's going to continue, but that we notice that that's something that they need to know we have. The truth these kids need to hear is that God provides. He is our provider. I think of the story of the 5,000, Jesus and his disciples, the guys that he was teaching. They were out one day. He was telling them a bunch of information that he wanted them to know, and all these people kept gathering. And there were at least 5,000 men and then also their families, 
when Jesus was telling the stories and was busy teaching, the disciples were all really worried about the people getting hungry and getting restless. And so Jesus said, great, feed them. I'm paraphrasing, but okay, if they're hungry, feed them. They searched a bunch of the people. What they found was a boy who had two loaves of bread and five fish. They brought it to Jesus and said, how are we going to feed all these people with this little bit of food? And Jesus performed a miracle and multiplied the food and provided for all these people that were requesting food from Jesus. And I love this as a picture of provision because not only did they have enough, but they also had leftovers. How do you have buckets of leftovers when you only started with seven items? It's crazy to imagine what that must have been like and felt like. God doesn't just want to provide for us. He wants to abundantly provide for us. And I'm not saying that we're all going to drive expensive cars and live in mansions. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that God does really want to provide for us and he wants us to provide for each other. And when we rely on him and we ask him for help and we depend on him, he often intervenes either through others or in miraculous ways teaching our kids this and showing them who our God is and his character and his ways of provision for his people over time. I mean, every story of the Bible has reference to a way that God provided for his people. And so we need to connect the dots for them about who God is. But then in response to the way that God provides for us, we can tell them that we're going to fight this lie with this truth. I will provide for all the needs I know you have. Please tell me what you need. When you notice these different needs that your child has, they're worried about clothes, they're worried about food, they're worried about shelter, they're worried about the lights being on, whatever it is that they're worried about, you can just make little cards. And maybe I can make some for you guys um, and stick them up on my website, just like a light bulb and a picture of some food, some different little cue cards that you can use. I'll do that. I'll make some. I'll make some cue cards that you guys can print off and you can utilize, print off on some cardstock, maybe laminate them if your kids are destructive like some kids I know. Then when your child, if they are not able to write yet, they can just put it on the counter if they're worried about something and then they don't have to come to you and say, mom or Miss Jill, I'm so worried about food. I'm worried I'm going to run out of food. They can just go to their worry pouch, grab this out of the little envelope put it on the table or put it in your pocket and they can show you their worry. This is actually good probably for older kids too, but another idea would be to have like a whiteboard on the side of your refrigerator or in a public place somewhere you will definitely see it and include a spot where your child can say what they need, things they're worried about. If they can write it down, that's a great resource for you to be able to see. And then I'm also going to provide you with a list of snack ideas that are endless snack ideas because it took me years of coming up with enough to keep up with my kids and the different food sensitivities and fears that they had were so deep that we came up with like different strategies. So I'm going to make you a little resource on that. Today for our mindfulness activity, I'm actually going to give you a printable. You're going to head to my website if you want to look at it. We're not actually going to do a mindfulness moment, but in response to what we're learning, I have a checklist that you can print off on my website as well. And this would be a I need checklist. And then the kids can check off if they have it or not. This allows them to 
voice to you how they're doing, a quick check-in to see how they're feeling. And this is especially great with kids that are new in your home, but you never know kids that you've had for even years might not be expressing a need that they have to you. And so I'd want to encourage you to hop on the website, check out this podcast, episode seven, I have to provide myself. There's a button on the blog post that has all these different resources so that you can kind of go through these with these kids and take the next step in really processing what their needs are and how to meet them. Before we go, I do want to just kind of run through some ideas for those of you that don't have kids in your home, but are walking alongside a family that does. I really want this to be a resource that people that have fostered or adopted kids can pass to their family, pass to their therapist, pass to someone they know and who loves their kids, but might not really understand the the lies they're believing or the needs that they have because they're so unusual. I want to give you a couple quick tips. The first thing is to notice how this child is being provided for. Wow, your mom gave you such a great dinner. I'm so glad your mom gave you enough of something that you wanted and that your mom makes more than your family needs so that you always have enough to eat. Making observational statements like this is a very powerful way to show not only the parents that you trust them, but the child that adults that talk about things like this are safe, that we have nothing to hide and that we're encouraging each other and we're walking alongside each other and that they don't have to do it alone and neither do we. One thing I've really noticed that has helped my kids is when people give me credit for things that they provide for my kids. I had a friend who pretended one time that I provided something I didn't provide and it meant so much to me. We were at a zoo and she goes, look at all these snacks your mom asked me to bring so that we'd have plenty. And I just remember feeling so loved in that moment because I had forgotten my son's snacks. And I like panicked when I got there and I texted her and I'm like, do you have any extra snacks? I didn't bring any for the kids. I'm really worried that they're going to panic and I don't think any of the food stations are open. She was like, relax. I got a whole bunch. I'll throw some extra in there. And she just told my kids that I asked her to bring them as if I did it proactively and not just like when we were in the car. And it really showed my kids that I am thinking about them and I am worried about them and I'm including my friends and problem solving when they don't even know what's happening. It shows them that I'm in control of the situation and that I will provide for their needs. I hope that this episode has been helpful to you to think about what these kids need and how to combat the lie that you're not going to provide for them. I hope you are able to utilize these resources and these supports. Thanks so much for hanging out with me and I'll see you next time. You Have What It Takes, a podcast, has been recorded by me, Jill Ng, of the Evermore Collective. Please check out our website for more podcast episodes, printables, or books referred to on the podcast, and for more resources at theevermorecollective.com. A special shout out to Anchor and Audacity for their free podcast recording and editing software. I'd also like to thank my friend Jake, who allowed me to use his sweet podcast setup to bring you these episodes. Thanks for taking the time to discuss loving others well and showing them their great value. Let's chat again soon. Until next time, remember that you do. You have what it takes. Thank you.